Adding the choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing. I got me out and I sound like a robot. But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, I keep it crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh, yeah. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. everybody and thank you for joining me again this morning on next on the tee i'm your host chris mascaro and so far this month i've had two of the three guys i'd want in my dream uh five some along with my father and i on the show and that's paul stankowski and bob friend jr and today i get to complete the fivesome with my friend and top uh, 100 instructor and the director of instruction at oakmont country club eric johnson this is going to be uh, Eric's third visit with me on the show. And the last two times, I had so much fun talking to him. I lost complete track of time. And that's what Eric's like for me. I have so much fun talking to him that the next thing I know, the hour's up. So uh, I look forward to getting to spend some more time uh, with Eric this morning. We're going to get an update from him on how things are going out at Oakmont, plus his thoughts on what he's seen so far out on the tour, and hopefully a lesson or two uh, to help us get our uh, golf games kick-started this season. He's going to be along with me in just a moment. But before we get started, I want to welcome a new sponsor to Next on the Tee, and that's Custom Golf Bags USA. Custom Golf Bags USA is the ideal choice for corporations and individuals that want to customize their logo on high-quality golf gear. Their founder, Travis McLean, has taken his love for golf to new levels, and for golf lovers just across the world, you're going to have a great product here. They understand that everyone wants to dress like a golf professional, play like a golf professional, and now with Custom Golf Bags USA, you can have a bag like a golf professional. At Custom Golf Bags USA, they design their golf bags with the individuality of the customer in mind. They offer the best in quality and innovation by utilizing the most cutting-edge production technologies and expert workers to ensure that your bag is going to be just tip-top first class. Custom Golf Bags USA knows the top-quality custom golf bags are more than just fancy stitching and needlework and embroidery. It's the effective blend of high-quality materials, superior design, and top-notch customer service. Everything from the interior construction and structure of the bag to the outer panels is uh, created with this, the utmost care and attention to detail. Why not let your clients walk the fairways promoting your company's brand and Custom Golf Bags USA can customize a golf bag with the legacy that you want so you're not forgotten. It's your game, your way. For more information, check out their Facebook page. Again, Custom Golf Bags USA and give those guys a like there as well. All right, I want to kick off the show like we do every week by saluting the brave men and women serving in our military. We want to thank you for your daily sacrifices and all you do to keep the rest of us safe. We also want to thank those of you who serve or have served in every branch of the military and public service. We truly appreciate what you do to preserve our freedoms and our liberties. It's through your strength and your efforts that our way of life is even possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and all the folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It's an honor 
for us to be a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. We also want to thank everyone listening in on iHeartRadio, as well as great radio sites across the Internet like Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Player.fm, and Blog Talk Radio as well. I also want to give a shout-out to our good friends Mike Kovacs, Ben Curran, Mark Medeski, and the rest of the great staff over at LastWordOnSports.com. Check them out online and on Twitter. Their site, folks, is absolutely fantastic. Contains great content across all sports, and their staff of writers are just wonderful. You're going to love going to their site every day for your sports news. If you haven't been there yet, check it out and then bookmark it, LastWordOnSports.com. Plus, if someone's dragging you to the mall or to the grocery store or you're just tired of the same old, same old on your commute, download the Player.fm or Stitcher app on your smartphone and take us with you everywhere you go. Let's give you a little bit, little something fun to focus on while you're out and about. All right. Now joining me on the Custom Golf Bags USA guest line is Eric Johnson. This is Eric's third visit with us. Like I mentioned a moment ago, let me remind you about Eric's background. He was a four-year letterman at Mississippi State, where he earned his degree in professional golf management. He remains in the Bulldogs' top 20 for the most rounds played. As I mentioned earlier, he's uh, the uh, director of instruction at Oakmont Country Club, been there since uh, 2004. Golf Magazine has named him a top 100 teacher every year since 2011. He was also recognized by Golf Digest as a top 40 under 40 teacher. He is a three-time Tri-State PGA Teacher of the Year. He is also a two-time Horton Smith Award winner for his contributions to education. He's on the advisory staff for TaylorMade Adidas Golf. He played on the Canadian Tour, the Sunshine Tour, and the Golden Bear Tour. And like I said, along with my father, Paul Stankowski, and Bob Fred Jr., he rounds out my dream fivesome. Good morning, Eric. How have you been, my friend? Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. What an intro. I, I'm not that good. I don't know where he came up with all that stuff, but thanks. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> it's all true. 100%. You, you always amaze me. I'm, I've never seen an interviewer so that, that, that knows more about the people than, than I know about myself. That's unbelievable. <laughs> thanks for Custom Bags, you know, Golf Bags USA, too, for sponsoring today's show. appreciate it. Absolutely right. So, Eric, you know, I guess kind of off the top, how are things out out at Oakmont? Does it get much play this time of year, or is it closed down until it starts to get a little warmer? Yeah, we have plenty of tee times open today. It's 11 degrees, so <laughs> we got about nine <laughs> inches of snow out there. So it's uh, pretty quiet around here right now. But we've been, you know, the course prep for the Open has been crazy. It's been hectic. It's been, uh, you know, we know it's coming for all these years, but we always seem like we're always, oh, my God, it's coming. at some. It, it, it's like it, it, it sneaks up upon you. You know, but uh, we've done a little different airification, you know, schedule this year in preparation for the golf course, and we did some verticutting, and we uh, we actually have the uh, the greens are covered this winter, which is a new thing for us because we really want to protect them, you know, for 2016. Yeah. And it's been a t- it's been a tough cold winter, so it's probably a very good thing that they have been, you know, uh, and covered all for the last couple months. Yeah. What else we got? We got the we fixed the east course. Our east course used to be a public golf course. We've taken that and we've uh, for infrastructure we you know made a basically a parking lot. We flattened it out and you know spent a ton of money to you know flatten it all out and make a you know one of the things that we didn't have here was a good parking area. So we 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 were lucky enough to have that land and you know we did that. So that's a you know, pretty wild when you look at it, standing off the third, you know, tee box, and you look out there, and it's a, it, what used to be a little 18-hole public golf course, now a, a parking lot, crazy, you know, but uh, wow. pretty wild. 
Yeah, so to your point a moment ago, Eric, you, you guys are, I mean, the Open's coming to Oakmont in 2016, so it's next year. You guys are already prepping for that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you're always in preparation for what, you know, is coming up with the USGA. I mean, you know, from anything from tree removal to, you know, uh, like we said, infrastructure for parking. I mean, we started that project, uh, you know, we totally, you know, it was a very hilly western Pennsylvania golf course. And, uh, you know, now it's uh, pretty much a five-degree grade and, and pretty flat. So, and it's a parking lot. And so, you know, things like that you're doing in front of an open, it, you're always thinking years and years and years out. Yeah. We took out, took out a bunch of trees in between the turnpike and, uh, and you know, in between 12. And now you can really, I, I can't wait for everybody to see the, you know, the TV coverage of it. And you'll be able to look from the first green all the way out to, you know, three green and four. And, you know, you'll be able to see six from number one. It's, it's, it's incredible right now. Everything's gone between seven and and the turnpike and and eight. It's just it looks incredible. So I can't wait. Yeah. For, you know you and and they'll show it. They, you know the newscasters they always do such a great job of uh, you know the, showing what it used to look like and then what it looks like now. So it's uh, it'll look pretty cool. I think everyone's gonna like it. Ah, very nice. So Eric, you know. When when the when the Open comes back there next year, and, and from a prep perspective, we were talking, you know, here, Lee Trevino once said, "There's there's only one course in the country where you could step out right now and play the U.S. Open, and that's Oakmont." Is is that accurate? Let's let's say something crazy happened this year at you know Chambers Bay, hundred year flood, you know, happens that week of the tournament. Could they switch gears that fast and play <clears throat> play the you know play the tournament at Oakmont? I, yeah, I think they could. I think Lee's right. I, you know, I mean, it's uh, day in and day out. The conditioning, the you know, the the rough, the greens, uh, they're up to tour level every every day. And you know, our members expect it. You know, we don't. They do not. Um, they're. I love them. They're very fussy. They're very particular about this golf course, <laughs> and and they're and protecting it. And they want it firm and fast, and that's it. They don't want to hear, well, we've had some rain, we've had that. They don't want to hear that. They want firm and fast. They want U.S. Open conditions all the time, which is hard to do. Uh, you know, John Zimmer's and his staff down there, you know, they've got a they've got a tremendous job and, uh, you know, protecting this, this old gym, you know, and and they do they do a good job. But, you know, man, our members really want to see it firm and fast, and, and that's the way it's supposed to be played. I, you know, I mean, I think the golf world's gone a little green, meaning that, you know, we put a little too much water on everything, and everything looks supposed to look like Augusta and perfectly manicured. And, and I don't think that's really how some of the golf courses are meant to be played. You know, Oakmont's, Oakmont's a running golf course. It's not a, it's not an in-the-air golf course. Uh, and we see that when the, when the, when it gets very, very soft and guys can slide in there and stick it, you know, uh, you know, and make the, make the ball sit down real quick. The scores, you know, dramatically go down. When we have a firm and fast, it's a it's a five shot difference, maybe six shots when it's firm and fast versus, you know, obviously if you've got a big rain or something and it's wet, you know, there's a five or six shot difference on this golf course. Wow. And that's not stretching it either. That's true. We can look at our SWAT scores and and look at it. SWAT. We have an unbelievable game here called the SWAT. Bruce McGuff is our SWAT chairman, and and we have a one best ball of the foursome or fivesome. And zero handicap, you get an A, B, C, D player, and, you know, you have to hold one ball, and it has to go in the hole. And you'd be amazed that, you know, 71, 
70, you know, and usually, you know, breaks even. You know, I mean, that's not a bad score, you know, when you've shot 70 around here with even four or five guys. But uh, there's no handicap, and the ball has to go in the hole. And yeah. you'd be amazed how, you know, that's, that's a tough game, tougher than what it sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. You got four guys standing over you, looking at you over a three footer. You know, you start getting a little nervous, like, oh, guys, what if I miss this? And you guys are, you know, gonna say, oh, what's what's wrong with this guy? You know, it's 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 a lot of pressure. It's funny. It's a funny game. Really cool though. Well, and and you know, and Oakmont is 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 known, you know, predominantly for its greens, right? What 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 do the greens typically roll out there? Whether it's at a U.S. Open or just you know for for daily play. Yeah, you know, we try to keep them around eleven, and uh, you know, for the open. This is a true story. Everyone says, no, that's not a true story. This is a true story because I've been here long enough to know. I started here in 1994. I did my first internship, uh, well, my last internship here with Bob Ford. And then I came back uh, 95, 6, 7 as an assistant. So I've been around here for 20 years. I've seen the 04. I've seen the Amateur. I've seen, you know, the uh, men's open in 7, ladies in 10. I mean, I've been around enough to know they slow the greens down for the U.S. Open. There's no question about it. What? And, they slow the well, greens down for the U.S. Open. They ha- they they want to make sure it's fair, and we have slowed this these greens down for the U.S. Open. That's a true story. And people say, no, that's true. That's a true story. And, uh, you know, we've we've seen it where, you know, we had it one time in one of our end-of-the-year SWAT party where the greens were rolling 15. Now, oh, my God. Yeah. Now, when you have undulation like we have, if you missed the putt on number two, it would go off the green. And you know, I mean, it was. It's, if you were above the hole, you missed it coming down the hill. It would go off the green. It, it, they were totally unfair, but it was fun to see it. But I never want. <laughs> I never want to play it day in and right. day out and try to make a score because you know, I mean, you're putting it off the greens. Uh, there's just too much undulation here, and uh, so we can't we can't keep them like that. But it's fun to see them that way, and they can get them there occasionally. The, the when it's the right perfect conditions, they can get them there, especially when it's firm, too. Oh, my God, they go fast. Oh, no kidding, like putting on glass. So, true. this year, they, the U.S. Open is out at Chambers Bay. It, it, to me, Eric, it looks more like a, a British Open layout than it does a U.S. Open layout. Have you ever played out there? No, I haven't. No, it looks it looks very interesting, though, but I think you're right. It's got a very different lengthy look, and, uh, you know, they got that one tree, and uh, very interesting look. I, you know, we'll see what happens this year. I, I, you know, obviously Rory's got to be everybody's top pick. I yes. mean, he's just playing. He's just got it on autopilot. I mean, similar to I think it was similar to what Tiger was in 2000. I mean, I truly think that Tiger Rory is doing what you know Tiger was doing. You know, I'm yeah. I, I I I'm not sure that Rory seems as consistent with his putting as Tiger was, but his ball striking. And the, the the distance that he's hitting it is just incredible. I mean, but I think if you had one thing to compare Tiger versus Rory and, you know, versus 2000 versus Rory now, I think it might be Rory just looks a little shaky sometimes on those short putts. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not saying all of them. I mean, when he gets on autopilot, he's, you know, as good as it gets. But you miss, he, he misses a few short ones where I just don't think you saw Tiger do that in 2000. Hmm. So let's... You know, that's one of the things I wanted to to talk to you about this morning, Eric. You know, talking about instruction and and, and <clears throat> Tiger and what we've seen. You know, he's he's waking up this morning having missed the cut at the at the Waste Management, you know, Phoenix Open. And not only did he miss the cut, he shot a career worst 82 yesterday. Yeah. So it's yeah. also the first time he's been outside the top 100. 
you know, in, in every statistical category. As an instructor, do you feel bad for Tiger's coach? I'm just going to talk coach to coach now, you know, Chris Como, because if this continues, you know this is going to fall at least in part back on him. Do you, do, do you kind of feel like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Chris? <laughs> well, you know, hey, listen, first of all, Chris is a Chris is a pal of mine, you know, and he's a great guy, great kid. You know, I mean, he's a wonderful guy. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure, you know, truthfully, when you look at it, you know, what's the upside for, for Chris right now? You know, I mean, yeah, right. you know, he's, yeah, ooh, he's Tiger's new guy, ooh, you know, that's great. But, you know, at the end of the day, if he doesn't start playing better and, you know, and will Chris get some of the blame? Yeah, who's more to blame? I mean, it's more of the player, I think. I mean, you know, I right. mean, it's it's a, an instructor's job to, to coach. It's the player's responsibility to say, hey, I can do this or I can't do that and this doesn't work. And But, you know, I mean, I think it's, I think that, you know, we we might be jumping the gum in the hair uh, on this because you know when you think about how long it took for him, you know, when he was working with uh, you know uh, Hank Haney, I mean, oh, eighteen months. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on one thing, and you go, eighteen months? How can you work eighteen months on one? Come on, you know, I mean, that's, that's a joke. I mean, come on, you yeah. change that in an hour. I mean, what are you talking about? But uh, so I mean, I don't know about some of this, but. You know, I mean, but I think his swing looks better than it ever has. I mean, I'm not sure it's swing-related. I mean, you know, well, right. first of all, I, I think Tiger has the – there's no question he has a chipping and pitching yips. Uh, there's no question. Yep. And yep. I'm not sure that he doesn't have a driver yip, too. And, I, you know, I don't mind going out and saying that. I mean, I just – listen, I've been through it. Uh, you know, it goes back – I mean, I when I was – 16 years old, I was playing in the club championship. I was going to be the youngest champion ever. You know, it was a big deal at the time to me. I didn't know, you know, that it wasn't a big deal, but it was to me at the time. And, you know, I was playing along, and I've got a 36-hole final, and we've got, you know, that was back when 50, 60 carts used to watch you play, and it was really cool. You know, so I got 50 yeah. or 60 carts and a bunch of people out there, and I'm, I'm beating this guy. I went up after 18, and we played. You know, after 27, I'm three up, and, you know, 35, I miss a six-footer to win. So we go to the 36th hole, and I hit it right down the center, and, and I shanked my sand wedge into the woods, made a six, lost in the first sudden-death hole. Now, for years, years, this went along where I would get over a sand wedge, and before I'm taking it away, I'm playing in Tennessee. We got uh, Stuart Sink, somebody else in my group, and I'm pulling my sand wedge back and my my I heard in my brain uh don't shank it well hey thanks for sharing that upstairs you know I mean where is that coming from I mean you know you're always in a you know I mean when you think about yips and you think about things like this you're always always in a little internal conversation in your own mind your brain's always you know it's always coming up with something and most of the time, mm-hmm. it's not, hey, you're the greatest player of all times that ever lived. It's, oh, don't shank it, don't do this, water over there. And you got to almost say to yourself, hey, thanks for sharing that, but, geez, I'm really trying to hit a sandwich here, you know. So, I mean, I've gone, I've gone through the yips. I've had, I've had the sandwich yip. I had, you know, I had a, I, there was a time in my career I couldn't, I couldn't make an 18-inch putt. I mean, it got in my dome. And, 
you know, we've all had it. I had, I know I've had a, I've had a bunker yip where I felt really yippy in there, and I've had a driver yip. My last year on tour, when I was playing out on a Canadian tour, I had a high right that looked like a 50 handicap, and I called it my virus, and I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, you know. So you're on the 17th hole, you got two holes left. I haven't hit the virus shot yet. It's coming, you know. And <laughs> and and you know, I mean, that's the power of the brain, and and to me, the brain controls that. It's one hundred percent. It's not mechanical. That's 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 your brain. That's the internal conversation that you're having with yourself at all times. And, and everybody can sit there and go, "Yeah, you know what? I'm sitting there talking to myself in my own head while this is all going on." You know, I mean, everybody has those. I mean, the greatest way I've ever heard it explained to this Dr. Fred Shoemaker, the you know famous uh, sports psychologist. He, uh, he said the thoughts in my head are like the bubbles on the bottom of a champagne glass. They just keep coming up. And that's true. And to me that's that's the way the yips happen. You know, when you're when you're listening to that little internal conversation and it's going, Man, I keep boning these over the green and I keep chunking these things and well, I don't want to do it again because I'm gonna look really silly on T V well that's when that stuff starts happening. And I guarantee you he's got a pitching or chipping yip. I mean it, we saw that in two thousand seven in the US Open. You know, so in the third hole, you know, Tiger you know, it comes out, and Aaron Badley makes it, you know, triple. He throws up all over his shoes. I mean, he was terrible on the first hole and makes it triple, and this Tiger's right up there by the lead. He bombs it on three. He's got a wedge into the hole, and, you know, I mean, that back, that's when he was starting to lose a little bit of his distance control. Hit it just a couple paces too far. Rolls down in the collection area over three, bones it over the green, and he skulls it over the green. And he's got a really simple little pitch, your chip coming back, and he chunked it. And it went, you know, eight feet. And now he's got a 40-footer. So he ends up making double. Uh, and that's what cost him the open. It wasn't, you know, not making birdie on 17 or 18. It was the double he made on three. And that's what right. cost him the open on 07. And and I we started to see that back then. Hank Haney started talking about it. You know, his pitching is chipping. Something's going on. And you're seeing that right now. Is that Chris Como's fault? I don't think so. You know, and Chris is a great man, and uh, and probably the right pick for him uh, at the time. Uh, you know, who knows? I mean, we'd all we all kind of wonder what would ever happen if you know he'd never left Butch. And I I think right. he would have 35 or 40 majors right now if he never left Butch. You know, I mean, you can't. You can't please. You can't tell me that you're going to play in 2000 and you're going to win the U.S. Open by 15 and the British by 12. That's 27 for shots for two majors. And then say, well, you know, I need to get better. <sighs> okay, let me think about this for a minute. You know, I mean, get better. We get better at what? At what? You what's won by 15. You want to win by 20? I, I mean... I get it. I understand. You want to perform better. That's great. But learn how to putt better. Learn how to pitch better. Don't change your golf swing. Don't change the thing that's, you know, you know. I, the way I, I, I guess the best way I can explain it is we all instinctually have something in our DNA. We have our, you know, we have our body type and we have our, you know, your arm length, your leg length, your torso, and you know, we we all have instinctually. Uh, a pattern in which that we swing the golf club. I mean, you, you can look at it. You can, you've seen it, Chris. You're standing on the, you know, fourth tee, and you look up there, and you say, "Oh, that's Bob up there. Yeah, that's his swing." You can tell the people's pattern. Yeah. 
And then when you're fighting against your pattern, and which I really think that he started to do, uh, maybe in the first change, uh, when he started fighting against what he instinctually did, then I think that's when you know your body's got a lot of conflict. And when you have conflict in your brain, that internal conversation's going, you're not going to hit golf shots. And then we go to Sean Foley, and um, you know he's a good man as well. And I've met him, and you know, I mean, I, truthfully, it almost feels like he talks like he's been to the top of the mountain back a little bit. And we're going to talk about you know Plato and you know Socrates and the guys up there and on the top of the mountain. <laughs> and you know, it, I, I'm not sure what any of that has to do with moving a golf ball, but uh, you know, I mean, very. <laughs> Very biomechanically driven, and that's great. And I'm not bashing on anyone. Sean, don't. I don't want any emails from Sean saying I'm bashing. I'm not bashing. He's a great man, uh, great instructor. Obviously, you cannot argue with his success, period. Look at the guys right. he teaches. I mean, they're a phenomenal success. But, uh, you know, it's interesting to me, and I guess my point on that, and I don't want any emails from Sean. He's a great man. Please don't don't email. But, uh, you know, he's, you know, when you go to a guy, and it almost seems like Tiger's trying to outsmart himself right now. You know, I mean, you yeah. look at it, and, you, you know, we go from Sean Foley, the, you know, one of the great smart guys in this, this business, and, I mean, truly knows his, knows his stuff. And I'm not trying to bash on Sean. But uh, then you go to Chris, and great young guy, you know, getting his master's in biomechanics, and, you know, it's like, wow, I mean, Tiger – did you ever swing? Did you ever swing thinking about biomechanics before? I mean, when you were in 2000, did you ever think about that? You went from Butch Harmon right. who laughs and keeps you, you know, laughing and and ready, uh, to now we're going to learn every number, every angle, every down angle, every you know swing path number. Uh, you know, if you fell in love with TrackMan, you you know you. Uh, do you need to know all this stuff? I mean. <laughs> I just don't keep know it that you're brain do. when you're trying to make a backswing, isn't it? That's, that's my point. You know, okay, well, geez, you know, it was really steep there. It's four degrees here, so I've got to swing more this way. Hold on a second. You know, wait a minute. I mean, whatever happened to playing the game? You know, I mean, right. the great. Do you think Fred Couples, you think Fred Couples sitting out there thinking, geez, you know, I wonder if I'm four degrees this way or too flat or too upright? I don't think so. I think he sees the ball, and I think he sees where he wants to hit it, and then he just sends it. And his body figures it out how to do it. Now, I'm not saying that, trust me, I'm not saying that, you know, there's not a there's not a time and a place for, you know, we have a track net, and it's great. It's unbelievable knowledge. It's unbelievable statistics. It's unbelievable data. We can't We can't argue that. But at the end of the day, it's about moving the ball. And it's about moving the ball and, you know, I mean, I, I I have it on my website, and, and I say in the most simplistic form that you could possibly get, you have to hit the ball in the center of the face. That's number one. I don't care how you do it. You've got to hit it in the center of the face, and it's got to repeat. Number right. two, you've got to start the ball online. Now, there's no front-page news here. You know, I'm not reinventing <laughs> the wheel. You've got to hit it solid, then it's got to start where you want it. And then ultimately it has to curve towards the hole, which in which direction you want it. And when you think about it, it doesn't need to get more difficult than that. I don't think I don't think that we need to know and this is just me here, but I don't think in the four one thousandths of a second that the ball touches the face that we need to worry about 
the path face, down angle, the acceleration rate, the closure of the toe, I don't think we need to know that. I mean, to me, for right. a great teacher, a great teacher can look at that and say, okay, yeah, that's why he's doing that. But for a player, when it comes down to a player and they're trying to play, I just don't think you're thinking about that stuff. I mean, I never could do it in my career. You know, if I had a back, if I had a backswing and a throughswing thought, I might be having a tough week. You know, I mean, when you're out there playing, I just don't think you can think about that many things. You know, I think right. that you have to be in a position where you're just on autopilot and and you're letting the ball go. And then when you're not playing good, you got to know which way you're going to miss it. You know, you see, you see, Tiger was having a little two-way miss, and. You know, again, that's I think that's what started it with uh, with Hank uh, a little bit. You know, they start missing it right and left. A great player, and they stand up over a hole, and they say, "Okay, where am I going to miss this? Where's my bailout? Okay, it's over there." And then the ball goes the other way. Then you're like, "Oh, that scrambles your brain. That's that'll make you be an insurance salesman real fast." I mean, because <laughs> it's it's true. I mean, it's like you stand on a tee and you don't know if you're going to hit it right or left. Your brain is shot. Your 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 little internal conversation you're having in there is going haywire. I mean, we gotta know if it's gonna fall to the right or it's gonna fall to the left. We can't we can't have a question mark there. That's just that's number one. You can't do that. And uh, so you know, long-winded answer, but I just you know when you when you really think about Tiger right now, you know, there's short games not there. You call it yep, you call it whatever you want. It's but he's yeah. got something going there. And there's no question in my mind that he has a driver yet. You you can't. You can't hit it in some of these places that he's hitting it and not be able to have a conversation and say, you know, you might be having something going on here in your brain. Right. Now, and to me, to me, that gets back to what we're talking about. You know, it's in your brain. You're having this internal conversation. If in your internal conversation you're upstairs and saying, geez, you know, I'm not as good as I used to be, and, man, I really have been struggling with some of this and been struggling with, uh, you know, my chipping, and why am I keep boning them over the green here and, and, uh, man, I've had a lot of swing changes, and, yeah, I had to go in front of the whole world and say, you know, I had a problem, and, yeah, and I got divorced, and I missed out, and whatever. I, you, you can make up the conversation. I'm just making up stuff, but, you know, if all that stuff's going through your head, then I don't think you're as bulletproof as you used to be. And at right. the end of the day, you got to have a bulletproof mind. I mean, whether it's a sniper or a... Uh, you know, golf rope. I mean, you you have to think. That's why you know you look at Jack Nicklaus, probably one of the greatest golf minds ever of all times, and and he's got to be sitting back on what is this guy doing? Uh, I'm I'm kind of glad he's not breaking my record because if he stays with some of these, uh, I don't know what he's doing. But I mean, Jack, he can't tell me Jack's not sitting there going, well, my record looks like it's safe uh, for now. But and I wish Chris and Tiger the best. I trust me, I, I really do. I, I hope those two really succeed. But when you look at Jack Jack's mind, I mean, he can't even tell you. You know, Mike Malaska shared a story with me. He said, uh, Mike Malaska, national teacher, you're an unbelievable guy, head of Nicholas Flick uh, or Nicholas Instruction Worldwide, and he and Jim Flick had an unbelievable, you know, great relationship. And and so, you know, Mike's teaching, you know, all this stuff for Nicholas Golf Worldwide. And he said, Jack, I mean, what, what do you think your percentage of makes were inside of 10 feet? I said, I made them all. And Mike's like, oh, <laughs> uh, 
made them all. <laughs> like, well, didn't you, didn't you miss the one in 86 when you won the Masters? Didn't you miss the one on 12? He goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> he said, well, wait a minute. Are you, Jack, are you telling me that you, you, made, you had to miss something? And that's when Jack, you know, he'll give you, no matter how hard the question is, if you notice in his interviews, no matter how hard the question, he gives you an immediate answer. Boom. He gives you this answer. And you go, wow, that was, wow, that was quick. And it was precise. And then after the third time Mike was asking, he said, listen, Mike, I hit the ball exactly where the putter face was lined up in impact. Therefore, I made it. Whether the green let it go in, that was a different thing. But I made the putt. <laughs> and then you go, well, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. You know? And then he goes, then let me ask you a question, Mike. Now Mike's sliding under the table. He's like, oh, my God, what's next? You know? And, yeah. You know what I mean? And here's Mike saying, okay, what is it, Jack? He's like, do you have your favorite place in your world? The place that brings you the most joy. And he goes, you got that place? And he goes, yeah, I do. And he goes, is your standing over a five-footer to win a major? And you hear Mike go, no. And he goes, that's why you teach and that's why I play. Because everybody's afraid of that, and I'm not. And he walked away. And now Mike's like totally under the table, you know, like, what just happened? I just get hit by a freight train. But that's the way he that's thinks. Awesome. He's the, you know, right. he, they think that, you know, that the guy said to him, also in the 12th hole, he hit a shank in the Masters. The guy said, hey, what was that shank? I didn't hit a shank. Well, yeah, you hit one on 12. I didn't hit one on 12. No, I didn't. Next question? <laughs> you know, like, it, we just saw it on film, but you're not going to say I did it. He can't remember any bad shot he's ever hit, but he can remember. There he you can go. tell you every right. single round, every shot that he played great. But he can't tell you the bad ones. Like, what did you shoot in 82 at the Open? Uh, yeah, remember. Yeah. What did you shoot in 80? Oh, well, I won that one. Yeah, I won that one. That was, uh, you know, a ball straw. But, you know, I mean, he's unbelievable. Uh, but right. but you think about it, and maybe that's the way we should live. I, You know, I mean, you have Bobby Friend. You said Bobby Friend. It's a funny story. I, right. Bobby, you know, I've said this before in the past. It's probably the best compliment I could ever give someone. I think he's probably gotten more out of his career and the biggest overachiever than anyone in the career. On tour. I mean, he had 10 great years out there. And you say, well, how's that a compliment? Well, it's a compliment because he just had such a bulletproof mind. I mean, he just, and I I told you the story off camera, off the mic, but, you know, I said, you know, if I said, if you went up to Bobby Friend right now and said, how many times do you think you could beat you know, Rory McIlroy down at uh, Pikewood, where you're the uh, director of golf down there. How many times do you think he could do that? I think he'd say nine. And I think he'd say he might he might know the course by the tenth time, and he might give me that. And you go, wait a minute. Wait, hold on a minute here. Uh, Bobby, you're trying to beat the guys on the Champions Tour. He's beating the world. You know, I mean, but but that's the way he lives. And, and you know, wouldn't it be nice? To live in that world for a little bit, yeah. Where you're not, where you're not given the uh, gift of 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 common sense or reality. I mean, if you think <laughs> that you live in a world where you never miss a putt because the face was online and the ball went off exactly where the face was at impact, well, that would that'd be pretty fun. And it seems like it would be a lot more fun than the fragile world that most of us live in. You know, most of us nah. live three footer. We go, right. oh my god, I get. I just missed a three-footer. I got. What if I have another one? Well, wait a minute. What if you just say, oh, I did the green, something wrong with the green, and you know my face was good there, and and that's what putting's about. It's about the, the club face. It's not about the path. 
I mean, if the face is good and the face is square to the target, that ball's going to go in the hole. And what if you just say, you know, I hit a bug or something, you know? There's something wrong with this green. And just walk off. It's just like it didn't happen. You know, it would be a cool world to live in instead of the fragile one that I think so many of us. I, think about it. You're on a free throw. It doesn't matter if it's golf or, you know, shooting, whatever. I mean, if you're at the free throw line and you think, I can't miss, and then it doesn't go in, you say, well, there's something wrong with the rim there. And then you keep going and make the next one. <laughs> instead of going, well, geez, now i got to make this for the win. Now I'm going to I'm nervous. No. I mean, it seems like a state of mind where, and maybe that's where, you know, maybe that's where instruction might be going. Maybe we maybe we should be talking more about the mind. I mean, you know, there you, go. you get into all the mechanical stuff. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, you can learn all these numbers and all these angles and down angles and spin rates and spin lofts and all that stuff. That's great. Yeah, I got it. And there's probably a need for that. But why don't why don't you just try to play the game? You know, why don't we get back to that simple form again? I think that... I think that we're making this game way, 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 way too too complicated. You know, hit it solid, start it online, curve it the right way. Period. End of story. You got any questions Simple. about that? Simple. <laughs> Why are we talking about the rest of some of this stuff? No, I'm not saying that there's not room for it, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about just being like a smart guy. It, you know, I mean, it's about helping your student move the ball forward. You know, and, and I, I, I got it. I mean... We were, you know, we're at the Top 100 Teacher Summit down at Duke University in Edinburgh, and what a great guy, great spot down there. And uh, we got to watch practice, you know, all Top 100. We're in there watching Coach K do basketball practice, like playing, you know, St. Andrews. You know, I mean, it was here's the guy that's his pinnacle of his career and had one of the greatest coaching careers ever, and you get to watch him in practice. He was intense. He was motivated. It was fast-paced. It was methodical. He had a he handed us a uh, a sheet, and then, here you go. That's what we're practicing today. And every ten minutes was scheduled. He'd set the guy. He'd have a kid set the clock. He'd look up at the clock. Okay, we got one more minute of this drill. Boom! He'd move to the next one. It was incredible. I mean, it wow. was incredible to watch. And you know, we're at the we're at the top one hundred teacher summit, and for two days, we're listening to the smart guys give you know. Uh, lessons and presentations and we didn't see a ball go in the air. And everyone said, Well it's all about the you know, it's all about the ball. Okay. If it's all about the ball, how come <laughs> we haven't seen one go in the air in two days? I started getting nervous. I didn't know what to do with myself. I started shaking, you know, I was like, I haven't seen a ball go in the air in two days. That's spooky. <laughs> you know? Well I mean, really, I mean hit it in the center of the face. Start it online, cover it the right way. Pretty 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 easy think thought process there. So so much to react to in what you in, in all the things you just said. <laughs> I'm sorry if I just I don't know where it all came from. I just kind of went out there. I just I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. that and that's why it's so much just... fun having you on the show. And the, and the hour has gone in the blink of an eye because you're so great about you know taking an idea and running with it. So I appreciate it. Don't don't stop. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I I got a couple of things that you in writing down and, and all the things you just uh, talked about. Let's talk about first about first of all about about Jack. 
One of the things that I've always admired about Jack, and one of the things you talked about is, is exactly right. He can tell you every shot, every iron, every play he made in a, in, a, in a tournament which he won remembers nothing about any of the others, which I think is fantastic, which gets back exactly. to your, your, your thought about the mind. But one of the things that he's also talked about is, you know, he would, you know, at the beginning of the golf season, he and Jack Grout, or you know, and Jim Flick later on in his career would, you know, start from the basics as, as <clears> if he knew nothing, starting with the grip and getting himself back going and all those sorts of things. But at at that point, after all of that, and as he got out on tour, he became responsible for his own game. It wasn't, you know, every time he had a bad shot, he was running back to Jack Grout or Jim Flick to understand what the problem was or any of that sort of stuff. He became responsible for his own game. Today, guys are traveling around with an entourage. They got a swing coach, they got a mental coach, they got, you know, a publicist, a manager. I mean, there's so many things going on. You got on. a fitness Is guy, that... you got a nutritionist, you got your right. you got your massage therapist. They they got seven, eight people with them. Right. So, I mean, at that point, do you have so many things, so many thoughts in your mind and you're running back? To, I got to believe Tiger Woods at this point, if he could be, sort of shake the exit sketch in his mind and clear it all out, knows what he's doing wrong. I mean, he's Tiger Woods for crying out loud. He's one of the greatest golfers of all time. Shouldn't he know by now what he needs to do instead of running to a this coach a that coach, a different guy going through four guys? Who's the next guy? You know, that's where I think he goes wrong is. Get back to your own game. To your point, way back when at the beginning, Eric, you know he was great in 1997. Why he changed his golf swing is beyond me. You know I don't understand that piece either. Why change what was so great? But guys seem to do that. Patrick Harrington did it after he did the potty slam. You know he he changed his golf swing. Why you change yeah, his golf yeah, swing? Yeah, exactly. Go back to what. Own it. Well, you know we we see that we see these guys tonight, and I I I, you know listen I I get that that you want forward progress. I got it. You know what I mean? I get that. But at the end of the day, you got you can't go totally against what you've always done. It just doesn't work. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, for example, I mean, you look at Tiger, and if you pull up the 1997 Masters, on his driver, he moved a foot off the golf ball to the back. Okay? I mean, you see him laterally move a significant amount. Okay? Then he crossed yeah. the line just a hair, and Tiger has a very, very violent, you know, fast, hard transition. And it brought the club perfect on plane, and he had time to get back to the ball. Okay. Now, we fast forward, and now we're going to go to a Foley, and we're going to say, okay, well, we need you to stay more centered. We need you to turn around this. His golf swing does not look like Justin Rose, and it doesn't look like Hunter um, Mahan. Doesn't look like him, but that you're trying to do that a little bit, and we're going to stay more centered. When you give a guy like that, who's got a violent transition, you're going to set him, center him. Well, he's not going to have time, and the club's always going to be late. Therefore, he's always going to block it. So, to me, that doesn't fit the DNA of what the human being was. That doesn't fit what he used to be. You know, um, you know. I mean. Uh, he can he can do it he can do a lot of this stuff because he's Tiger Woods best player on the planet, uh, and he could do a lot of this stuff. He could make stuff work that maybe it shouldn't work. But I I think you're right. I think that when you look at Jack, you know, always had a nice big high cut, didn't change it, always loved it, and went with it. And right. you know, I mean, Flick didn't try to go to him and say, hey, you know, I see you cutting it. Maybe I think we need to get ten more. Yards. We need to draw it. You know, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. You know, right. I 
you know, I mean, I loved it when, when Butch was working, Butch was working with Tigers. What are you working on this year? Well, we looked at his tour stats, and everything that he's not number one in, that's what we're going to work at. <laughs> okay, there's a there's a brilliant idea. Okay, I mean, th- think about it. In 2000, when he was he was number one in driving and total distance and this and that, and he was 43rd in bunkers or something. We're going to work on bunkers this year. Yeah, why don't you work on your weakness? Why don't you? Right. If you're doing something better than everyone on tour, why are we going to change that? Right. We're not. We're just going right. to get better at the other things. You know, and you and, and that's the way they used to look at it. That's the way Bush looked at it. He talked about it. He talked about it, you know, publicly. Well, what are you going to work on? Well, everything that he's not top 100 or top one in uh, on the categories of the tour, that's what we're going to work on. And, mm-hmm. wow, isn't that what we're all trying to do, just study our weakness, find our weakness, and get better at it? Right. I mean, that's what I think you try to do. If you're number one at something, I don't think I'd change it. Doing pretty right, good. Exactly right. You might tweak so, it, but you're not going to change it. Right. So let's go all the way back. If Tiger Woods comes to you now for help, do you jump at the chance to work with him? <clears throat> Is it a blessing? Or might you pause for a minute and go, eh, yeah, uh, thanks anyhow? Oof. <laughs> That's quite a question. You know, I mean, first of all, I mean, you know, when I was down, when I was down in, you know, South Florida, was a, a, the director of instruction at the Breakers in Palm Beach there, and, uh, you know, you know, I taught tour players and, you know, I taught some mini tour players and a lot of mini tour players and a couple girls, uh, and uh, it was great. A tremendous, they're a tremendous pull against your family. And, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I live here in Oakmont now, which, you know, like I said, it was 11 degrees this morning. You know, this is not a hub for tour players. You know, I mean, this is no Jupiter. <laughs> this is no, uh, this is, it's cold. And, and you know, there's not many uh, the uh, uh, Steve Strickers out there that can live up in wherever he lives in Wisconsin or wherever it is and, and be good players. I mean, it's just it's not there. Uh, so you know, we, we were talking. I was down into a corporate outing in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and and then I went down to uh, you know Florida for the PGA Show festivities, so to speak. And and I was yeah. away from home for you know almost two weeks, and that's a long time. I've got twins that are ten. Uh, my son's Max and Riley, and then I have my son Grady, who's six, and uh, so I got three boys in the house, and it's a very active world, and uh, you know, and and I don't want to miss them growing up. So you know, when you're talking about teaching someone like Tiger, who's going to expect, you know, your time, and right. you know, I I have a job here. You know, would I do it? I who would? You'd be lying if you'd say no. Uh, You'd be lying if you didn't say, yeah, I'd like to do that. But it's a huge, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't it's a huge time, you know, constraint. And, and you know, I mean, that, I've, I've taken a different role in my life right now. And, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're working with tour players, I mean, I'm, I'm getting calls all the time, you know, at night, at dinner, you know, hey, I'm hitting it to the right, what do I do? Okay, about those faces open, about this strength in your grip a little bit, you know, release it, whatever. But, uh you know, you're getting these calls all the time, and so you're away from your family a lot. Uh, so would would I take it? Would I would I want to work? With, I'd love to work with Tiger. They'd be awesome. And <clears throat> but I'm not the same kind of guy he's been working with. I can tell you that. I mean, you know, I mean, he's. I'm not going to go out there and listen. I know all these numbers too. 
but I'm not going to go out there and preach biomechanics, and I'm not going to go preach numbers. I'm going to say, okay, what in the world are we trying to do with this golf ball? You know, mm-hmm. let's get back to playing the game again. You know, if you right. want to draw it, let's figure out how to do that. If you want to cut it, let's figure out how to do that, and then let's see it repeat. But, you know, I mean, and, you know, we can all, we're, we're all, you know, when someone comes to me, and I watch them walk to the tee, and I see that there's something wrong with their gait pattern the way they walk, well, instantly I know that there's something wrong biomechanically. And now I can move around a lot of things from that and try and figure out what I need to do to help that person. You know, I don't think that I need to, you know, we're all biomechanists in a way. I mean, when you're, you know, if you've gotten to a level that, you know, that we are as teachers and, you know, I've been, you know, lucky to be in this top golf magazine top 100 thing and, and it's great. I mean, when you when you you round that stuff, and you know, I worked for Randy Myers, who is one of the greatest fitness trainers out there. Uh, travels around on the tour doing it, and uh, now at Sea Island, I worked for him at PGA National back when I was playing on the Golden Bear Tour. I was working as a, you know, in the gym scrubbing the treadmills and and doing some personal training as a golf specific personal trainer, you know, and and I learned from Randy, and so you know. I guess where I'm going with that is that we all have a really good idea of the body, but I just think that when you're talking about teaching a great player, it can't be such a mechanical move. It has to be, it has to flow, it has to be on autopilot, and we got to know it's going to fall one way or another. And you can't have a two-way miss. You know, I mean, I knew that from when I was playing. I mean, when I started playing right. it both ways, and then I'd have this high rate virus. Then I knew I was done. And you know because you just you just can't play that way. You, you know so would I would I <clears throat> would you at the end of the day would you like the opportunity? Yeah, there's positives and negatives. You know I mean it'd be hard to to miss my family to have to figure something out that way. But uh, you know pretty pretty fascinating question though. <laughs> All right, so we. We've got about ten minutes or so left in the show, Eric. I want to I want to get a cut to a couple of the lessons that uh, you have on your site, which is fantastic, by the way, EricJohnsonGolf.com. Hey, your your site's wonderful, and I, it's I think you've actually done some things since the last time we talked. So yeah, we upgraded great... the site, made it responsive, and uh, you know my wife uh, Hannah just busted her butt and uh, really made that thing look great. It's it's uh, and also Georgina and Chris Lewis at Shazam Media there they did a fantastic job on the site it's it's pretty cool yeah it really is one of one of the things that you know that I subscribe to that you know Gary Player has come on this show and talked about our friend Bob Friend Jr. talked about it a couple of weeks ago that you know the majority of the game is played from a hundred yards in which is why chipping and putting are so important and and one of the areas that you know that i get confused on so many of my hacker buddies you know get confused on is you know when you're chipping around the green we tend to use the same club no matter where we're at whether it's a a sand wedge a 60 degree you know pitching wedge whatever it is and one of the lessons you know that you put out there is understanding that you know the the club roll ratio the club you know exactly. roll to carry ratio talk about that a little bit in club selection and what uh maybe can help us do a little bit better job around the greens yeah well you know i mean and i it was funny because i i teach non-technical stuff at least i try to anyways and and some of my buddies were uh busting my stones about you know oh it's very, <laughs> hold on i gotta divide this and hey guys it's just a ratio here but 
you know, some of my friends aren't smart. I went to Mississippi State, so I don't have really smart friends. But, you know, most <laughs> sorry guys out there, but most of most of my guys are like, you know, hey. But uh, that that chipping ratio is, uh, you know, if you think about it, if you're four paces off of the green, okay, so you're going to walk on, you're four paces off the green, and then, you know, from where the green starts, you're going to add one more pace. So we're five total paces off of the green. You know, to where we want to land that ball in a little safety zone. I I I prescribe to the you know notion that anytime you can get the ball on the ground, you get it on the ground. If you can putt it, putt it, because the average player is not very skilled in chipping and pitching. You, you just saw these new golf magazine and these articles coming about about the average player and all the rounds that they track. They're not very good at chipping and pitching, and they don't hit it as far as they think. So. If you can roll it, it's the safest thing you can possibly do. So if you can't putt it, now we're, you've got to go through a little you know, fringe or you've got to go through a little rough, now we've got to chip it. If the ball, the definition of a chip, let me start with this. The definition of a chip is that it rolls more than it flies. That's as easy as you can get it. It rolls more than it flies. Yeah. Pitch flies more than it rolls. Okay, so when you're chipping it, let's say I've got five paces onto the green. And let's say I quickly walk that out. And I have 15 paces to the hole. Once it gets on the green, then it's got to roll another 15 places. I know that immediately that's my 9-iron. Because a sand wedge for every yard or pace that it flies in the air, it will roll one yard. Okay, so if you're flying five, it's going to roll five. A pitching wedge is one to two ratio. Meaning if you fly it five paces, it rolls ten. You know, if you, a 9-iron is if it flies five, it's a one-to-three ratio. It means it's going to roll 15 paces. So it just gives you an idea of which club to use. Now, you're going to have yeah. faster greens and slower greens, uphill, downhill. That you got to factor that in a little bit. But most people, if you think about it, if you had 20 yards to the green, or excuse me, if you had 20 yards to the hole, and you're trying to fly it 10 paces out onto the green, well, that's harder to do than something landing right off the fringe and just rolling over there. The closer you are to something, the easier it is to hit. So it doesn't make sense to me to just keep one club and then try to manipulate that thing. To me, I think yeah. you've got to use them all. Yeah. So hopefully that's not too technical, but the ratio is just tells us. No, that, that's good you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's called a 12 rule, and it's a 12 rule. What's that? Well, if you take 12 minus any club, let's say you got an 8-iron. Well, 12 minus 8 is 4. That means the 8-iron rolls four times more than it flies. And let's say you figured out the ratio. It rolls four times more. It rolls four times more than than it, it flies. Well, what club do I use? Well, twelve minus four is eight. So it's it always equals. You know, it always equals the same thing. So yeah, uh, there's, ratio. A, there's something handy to have you. Yeah, I mean, it always equals the ratio. You need five iron. What's your five iron? Well, it's seven. It's gonna roll seven times more. Twelve minus five seven. You know, even a Mississippi Stater can figure that out. But uh, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> one of the other tips, and you mentioned about, you know, keeping the ball on the ground and putting. One of the tips, the another one you have out there is you know, one that Arnold Palmer taught you regarding chipping versus putting when you're off the green, particularly if you've got, a, you know, a short mode runoff area. Do you mind sharing that tip as well? Yeah, no, that was that was awesome. AP, uh that was during the uh, Palmer Cup matches, and I, it, I'm sitting in my office now. I'm looking at the picture here with the team, and he's sitting right in the middle. I'm right behind him, and uh, what a man. You know, I mean, just just uh, he's, he's the king of cool. Everybody wants to be like that guy, but we're 
we were at the Palmer Cup matches, and he was, you know, he was yakking about, you know, putting it, and he shared it with, you know, Phil, and, you know, and that's when Phil started putting it around the greens at Augusta, and, and uh, he's like, watch this. You know, he's on the third hole at par five at, you know, Latrobe, and he puts this thing up the hill and goes about four feet, and, you know, everyone else would sit there and chunk it and then bone it, and, you know, I mean, he puts it up there four feet, taps it in for birdie, no big deal, you know, just another birdie for the king, you know, and, uh, and he started talking about it, and, you know, when you really start analyzing uh, most most players, uh, it's so much safer to just keep the ball on the ground, putt it, it's the flattest club, <laughs> you know, it's meant to roll, even if you miss it a little bit, it kind of gets over there somewhere. And, you know, when your nerves get a little, whoo, you know, you get a little, you know, sensitive and fidgety, uh, which we get later in life. Your nerves start getting a little not quite as good as they used to be. But, you know, just get a putter out and whack it up there somewhere. I mean, just get it, you know, I mean, you're going to put it up there somewhere within four or five feet. Uh, where, you know, on the one on that one website that I did for Golf Magazine, you know, I show we're on the back of number three and I chunk it just a little bit. It almost gets to the top and then rolls behind my feet, you know. And so, you know, you don't always have to grab that 60-degree wedge and think we're Phil Nicholson. You know, get it on the ground. You know, play. I'm not telling you that you don't feel like it. you can do it every time. Go ahead. But I'm just saying the safest play is to putt it. Get it on the ground. Get it rolling up there somewhere close to the hole. Because you're seeing it with Tiger a little bit right now. I mean, when I saw him putt it on, I think it was the 13th hole, um, I knew he had a problem there because most of the time he would have, you know, and even the commentators said, ooh, the old Tiger would have tried to make this thing. And, and he's like, you know what, I'm just trying to get it somewhere on the green. <laughs> you know, he's trying to get it over there somewhere. And and he got it to about three, four feet, and he made a putt. You know, he made par, but he didn't make birdie. And I think that's the difference, you know. And, and that's when you can kind of tell when someone's, if someone's comfortable with, you know, with tipping and pitching, they're going to pitch it. But if you're not, your nerves are getting a little, you know, afraid, then you're going to grab a putter and you're going to putt it over there somewhere. And it was a, it's a very effective shot. Thanks, AP, for that one. I mean, he's he's the king of cool, man. He's a he's, Everybody can learn something from Arnold Palmer, most gracious guy I've ever met, very, very magnetic. I mean, you know, you shake his hand and you, you just get that jolt where you're like, wow, this is the king, you know, pretty cool. Yeah, cool, absolutely, man. and... and and, and and part of and part of that tip for putting it is you know what what you see you know hackers like me out there doing when we try to do that is we we sort of jab at it we take a short backswing we and then we try to force the putter through the ball in a longer you know uh, you know through swing so part of that is to you know elongate your backswing right yeah you know putting an off green putting is it's all about backswing and. It's not a short to a long. You don't over accelerate it. If I was standing right next to you and I was going to toss you a ball, I don't think you'd want me to take a short backswing and then fire that ball at you. I don't think you'd want me to do it. I think you'd want me to toss it to you. And that's basically right. the same kind of thought process. You take a nice big backswing, it's a very calm acceleration. It's not an over-acceleration. Over-acceleration, anybody that tells you that, whoa, we got to accelerate that putter to the hole, wrong. It's terrible info. I mean, it's, we don't have enough time to get into it, but, you know, I mean, the putter on most great most great players is in a very, very, albeit slight, it's in a slowdown period. The ball is way forward in your stance. It's pendular motion. It's it's coming in, and, and there's not a lot of through swing to it. Tiger in the olden days had the shortest follow-through of anybody. I mean, and 
and you look at Rory and, and Phil, those guys aren't taking a huge through swing. They're boom, and they're trying to keep the face online. And right. uh, it's about a backswing that controls the pace, not a forward swing. So if you're trying to over-accelerate it, you're always going to be a terrible putter, and you're you're going to lip out. And that's what I think we saw with Phil all the time, and especially on those short putts. Very, very fast speed putter. I mean, he just couldn't figure out the pace. <laughs> all right, well, Eric, um, before we let you go, uh, remind our listeners, again, it's Eric, uh, ericjohnsongolf.com is your website, but talk about right. how uh, how our listeners can find you uh, on social media as well. Yeah, I'm on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn now. I, I said I was never going to do that stuff, but I kind of enjoy it. But uh, it's uh, you can find me at Eric Johnson, and uh, I'd love to see you come visit the website. And, you know, Chris, I've said this before, you know, you're a wonderful host. It's uh, awesome being in here with you. And to the military, um, you know, I say this every time. I know you guys are suffering a little bit out there, but it is for a noble cause. Um, anyone who threatens the United States of America you know, doesn't deserve to be here. So shoot straight and be safe out there, guys. Uh, we appreciate it. Eric, thank you so much for joining me again this morning. Like, like always, the hour flies by every time you're on the show because I have so much fun listening to, to you share stories and, and getting the opportunity to talk with you. Thank you so much for being a great friend of the show, and I mean it sincerely. You know, you're in my dream fivesome because uh, you would make that round of golf so much fun to be a part of. I really appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate you, bud. Look forward to seeing you and talking to you again. All right. Take care, Eric. All the best to you and your family and everyone out there at Oakmont. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate you. Thanks. See you later. All right. Take care, Eric. Eric Johnson, I'll tell you what, and, and you know, boy, you'd be a part of this show for the last hour. There's there's just no there's no one more fun to talk to than Eric Johnson because you know he can take an idea and he runs with it and and the and the stories that he puts around that are so much fun to listen to and uh, the, you know next thing you know a blink of an eye and it's a it's an hour later, so thanks to Eric for being a part of the show. Before we close up shop today, I want to remind you again about the great book that's out there that's called The Golden Eighteen, written by Roger Schiffman and the photography is by one of our friends and one of the greatest uh, photographers anywhere on the planet, Jim Mandeville. Jim, as you know, is the director of photography at the Nicholas Companies. The book showcases some of Mr. Nicholas's greatest course designs. The stories about the courses are great, and the photography is simply outstanding. In fact, it's so good, you're going to want a second copy of the book just so you can take some of the pictures out and frame them. To get your copy, go to nicholas.com and hover over the products and partners uh, uh, link at the top, and then click on books and videos. If you love golf and stunning photography, you're going to love this book. And I want to remind you again about our our, uh, our wonderful new sponsor, the, our uh, our friends over at uh, Custom Golf, um, great folks over there. I tell you what, uh, I'm so so uh, pleased to have you know Custom Golf Bags USA as a, as a new sponsor on the show. Uh, please go out there to Facebook and look up again Custom Golf Bags USA. And uh, give those guys a like. They've got so many great designs. They can customize your golf bag anywhere from the carry bag up to the the tour staff bag. So, you know, you want to look for a way to get your logo and your product designs out there and get it on the golf course and uh, have your brand uh, being uh, carried for for 18 holes. And then as a showpiece, when you when you put it at the bag stand and uh, you're traveling around the country playing golf, this is the way to go. Custom golf bags. USA. Their stuff is top-notch, 
first class. You're going to love the construction of the golf bag and how beautiful they make it look, how beautiful they make your brand look. So, again, go out there on Facebook, find out more information from them, and, uh, and get yourself a wonderful golf bag, Custom Golf Bags USA. All right, folks, it's time for us to uh, to put an end to this show, to uh, to go on, and, and I hope you guys have a great afternoon. We can't thank you enough for making the decision to listen to this show today. We want to thank you for tuning in. You know we appreciate you the most. Please also check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, uh, with me, my co-host, Bob Lazari, and our announcer, Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. Also, starting at 10.15 Eastern Time on Armed Forces Radio, and on Friday nights, you can hear us from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time over at Boost Radio. And then, again, you can find our show starting at 11 o'clock on Armed Forces Radio as well. So we're joined every week by legends from around the NFL and the CFL as well. Please also check out both shows on Facebook. Give us a like. That's important to us, too. And you can find us online at nextonthetee.net for this show and thursdaynighttailgate.com as well. You can stream or download any of our archive episodes for free and keep up to date with who our future guests are going to be on uh, both of those websites. Again, one more time, thank you so much for choosing to listen to the show today. We appreciate you the very most. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. Adding the choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing. I got me out and I sound like a robot. But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, I keep it crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh, yeah. And participate in Wendy's for a limited time. Meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.